Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this time, a very exciting episode 33, which is our Halloween Kills review. And we are straight from the cinema, aren't we? Um, straight out. Excited. Yep. And we didn't really talk in the car on the way back. <laughs> because we didn't we really had a few little comments, that was it. But we were trying to hold back, I think. We had lots of things in our mind. It is fresh on our minds, so... This is one where we might be looking back and going, ah, you know what, you know, after a few more watches and a time to settle, maybe not. But this is as fresh as a review can get. <laughs> yeah, uh, literally, <laughs> we literally just got back to the house like what, 10, 15 minutes ago, or Rob's house. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it, we, we do not live together. <laughs> no. um, and as with our other reviews, such as Candyman um, and some other stuff that we've done, um, we are going to be keeping the first 15 minutes or so as spoiler free as possible. You know, we'll be, we'll be talking about our overall kind of impressions on the, on the film. Um, also in thoughts, pros, cons, that kind of stuff. And we'll give you ample warning before we get stuck into the, uh, the nitty gritty yes. and the kind of details of this. So yeah. what we'd recommend is if you, if you haven't seen the film yet, or you're going to, and you want to kind of get a bit of an overview and, and our thoughts, then check it out and come back and check, you know, hear, hear us, in in the flesh, no, I was going to say in the flesh, in the, in flesh. the full. <laughs> Here are full rundown of yeah, it. So don't you don't need to go and see us in our flesh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Please, <laughs> please don't watch us. Um, um, yeah, so we will make it very clear. Spoiler, and we will leave a couple of you know. We'll leave you a few seconds of time just to like get away yeah. <laughs> to escape us if <laughs> if you want to, and then come back when you have seen the film to have a good listen. Um, but if you are here and you've seen the film or you just don't give a shit about spoilers, which is fine, I guess, if that's the way you live your life, yeah. you crazy, crazy people. Yeah. Um, so Halloween Kills. I mean, we've got a lot of the same people on board. So it is directed by David Gordon Green again. Um, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green wrote it as well as uh, Scott Teams. Um, it's the same producers. It's it's quite largely the same cast but a few new additions isn't there yeah yeah it is i mean we know that this is a three-part trilogy yeah now, don't we we knew that when halloween kills was announced they also announced halloween ends which we've got another i think two years to wait for yeah maybe because originally they were supposed to be filmed back to back weren't they i know it says next year still going to come oh, out okay. next year so i know that yeah the, like you said though it was meant to be back to back but they only were able to do i don't know if they did any parts but they've not done the majority of the film like yeah. they're going into they've been going into recording back into that like anytime soon i believe to get that done ready for next year obviously it's a horror film so they don't actually take that long post-production no but, but i imagine they've got uh, for my understanding is that Unlike, for instance, the um, Star Wars sequel trilogy, I believe that they've actually they've had this they've got this planned out, um, and I think they did a lot of the production and a lot yeah, of the stuff. Yeah, I the believe same that so. two and three were written together. I know that I know that they. I think I saw something from Jamie Lee Curtis that said that she's she's now seen like a finalized script. So they've obviously been making little changes that have gone along. They've learned from things from the first film that worked, things that didn't work. And, you know, I'm sure if they haven't fully done the production on this one yet, then they might tweak a few things maybe now that they hear based on this one. Yeah. It all might change as they go along. I mean, I'd say straight off the bat, if you're, if you're going into Halloween Kills and you're not really too sure what to expect, 
it is the second part of a trilogy so it for me i mean i'm not gonna we're not gonna talk through scenes or anything yet but it starts kind of very abruptly and it kind of ends very abruptly i mean it yeah it is a direct continuation from you know halloween 2018 um and yeah just it opens uh very abruptly the end it for me the ending i'm still completely undecided on whether i liked the ending or not but i think it definitely sets up halloween ends very well and i think i'm in the i'm very hyped for halloween ends you know? yeah absolutely um i think uh, yeah i think so so generally i mean if you've seen this but obviously you know there's been critics and things that like have already had their say rotten tomatoes last time i looked was at around 40 percent yeah 47 percent something like that so you know it's it's quite it, it's dipping below it's a rotten film <laughs> um it, you know it, it's being seen in that way and i think my perspective and you know this is that a lot of the like one we can say yes a lot of people that are reviewing it are people who are not horror fans yeah you know that's definitely one but that's not all of it because you know a lot of critics are meant to like some of the good ones they'll like any film depending on what it can show to them kind of thing so yes there's a lot of shit out there but um but this film i think just people aren't really thinking about it as a whole so the first halloween you know it was a setup it was returning you know if anything the, the we say the when i say the first i mean 2018 if we go back to the original halloween but obviously of the first of this new trilogy which links to the original film the first one was all about trauma and it was about coming back from that trauma and the effects that it's had on people's lives well, it was more about the family trauma wasn't it yeah. it's more looking into that kind of aspect. it was very much laurie strode's like kind of the trauma that had affected laurie strode basically that was the focus kind of thing in there. What had happened to her? What what had the family kind of caused? What was that problem? The whereas obviously as this one as a continuation from the last film, this one very much goes into more of the whole Haddonsfield trauma. Yeah, like it's the whole, and it's a really nice part of the film that actually I think theme wise works really well to show where we we do. You know, it, it's not a spoiler to say that we go more away from Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, in this film. You know, she's not, she's definitely not the, you know, the she was right front and centre in the last, much more in the last film. She's not as much in this one. That doesn't mean she's not still in it. She is still in it and she's yeah, throughout still, the film. And she still puts on a good performance, you know, but it, it's, I'm, I'm guessing because of Hall- Halloween Ends is coming up and that's going to be, you know, the end of Laurie's story. Um, you Jamie Lee Curtis's role is a lot more reserved in this, you know. I'm guessing because how much, how many times can they have them fight, you know, and how yeah. many times can they I, go? I, through I them? think it, it it's it's saving her for a big final part. Yeah, I think. and I do think, um, I do think that though she's not right there at the forefront of the film, um, I do think that it. In the, in a way, it's for the best to kind of save her back to not overuse her in a certain way with this film, and that's why for some people it might feel very much like this is this is the middle film, but it's also in any trilogy the middle film it gets a little bit darker, it gets a little bit of a twist. You know, this one goes dark. The deaths are full on and dark. You know, what I mean, there is a lot of death in this film. It's called Halloween Kills, yes, and it fully lives up to that title. It is Michael's Rampage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not going into into any deaths, but I'm just, the the deaths are front and center. Jamie Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. We've talked about has that, but the nice thing is that we get to know more about the other characters in the story. We get to know, and we get to go right back to the past with Tommy Doyle, Lindsay, uh, all of these, um, you know, Nurse Marion. Like the the legacy characters. Yeah, the legacy. You know, all of those characters we get to kind of flesh out, but we also get to see the effect that this has had on not just Laurie's life, not just her daughter's life, not just her whole family's life, but what has this done to Haddonsfield? And what effect will this have on Haddonsfield? And I was actually thinking about that last night because I was thinking, are they going to explore this kind of... um, generational trauma and this kind of i don't know whether regional trauma would be the right word for it um but we're obviously from a town that has a very notorious uh serial killer couple in it yeah if you're not familiar fred and rose west and that in, in in good old gloucester and that is actually something that we still hear about today and we still fear feel about today and that's about 30 years on isn't it you know yeah so it kind of it's there. Sorry for any uh, background noise. Um, my cat is currently having the zoomies and seems to be playing. Um, <laughs> but I think Tommy, I, I that is one bit I loved. I think initially, the I did I wasn't overly huge on the introduction of the legacy characters for me. That felt a bit kind of like a, a bit of a shoehorn and a bit ham fisted with initially bringing them in. But I think once they got in. And once we kind of have this exploration of the trauma that Michael Myers has put on this town and the after effects and looking at that kind of stuff, I think it was actually done really well. I think once it yeah, kind of got once into it got it, into the yeah. points and there have been again, like the reason I'm using this as a balance is to balance out. So I know that the people that listen to this show are all big horror fans. So when they're looking at critics and reviews they're going to be thinking is this really the right perspective is this the, you know we're two people who lifelong halloween fans yeah we love this franchise um and yes there are little points and there are lots of little bits you could easily nitpick you know it is a slasher horror film at the end of the day yes people are going to put themselves in situations that make no sense <laughs> yes. because otherwise there's not a film to watch you know even some of the main characters in this film occasionally put themselves in situations where you're like mm, yeah i feel like you know better than that yeah but again we can let that off because it's a slasher film that's the point we want them to get into shitty situations and it's the suspension you know, of disbelief it, it is yeah you can't like ev- not every character is going to make the perfect choice every single time and that's true in life as well you yeah know? not you're not always and you know that anger is part of what kind of fuels a lot of these characters in this film yeah. you know that is what pushes them forward so it is nice to learn about like how that trauma has affected more than just Laurie Strode and in terms of like l- like listening to like the the critics reviews and stuff who said there's no story there's a story here there, there is there is a story here it's just again and it's why i kind of like the like the original i wouldn't say in context compared to this one to the last one that the first one had any more like 2018 i mean had any more story than this one it's just the fact that it's a it's more about the character yeah. than building into the character i would say that yes if you're thinking oh yeah but the first one yeah the first one did it better because it kept it smaller it kept it to lorry yeah. Yeah, to... <laughs> we're going to confuse ourselves. Yeah, we are going to confuse ourselves. I'm not talking about the original, original film. We've talked about that in the past. We're just, when I say the, I mean of this new trilogy. Um, yeah, 
they are literally, you know, it was it, we had much more time to spend with Laurie and Fizzat, and we didn't get that many more characters no. in the first one. People that died, yes, lots of people died in the 2018 film, but it was a case of like Michael going down the street, going into people's houses, things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? In the general people that died, it was all of the either the police or the people to do with, you know, around either Michael escaping or people around Laurie. Yeah. That was it. Whereas this one, I can tell you, is much more open to all of Haddonfield. And therefore, you might feel like the character development is not strong, but that's because we've got a lot more characters we need to learn about. <laughs> yeah, and there's there are some kind of, There are the legacy characters who obviously come back and we get to... We see how it's affected them, but then they do introduce some of the newer characters. Um, and some of them were a bit... You, you, you could kind of feel that they were a bit cannon fodder in a way. But to be honest, I didn't overly mind them. Um, you know. No, uh, some of the like some of them they build up um, like quite nicely. Some of them actually they give they at least give. It's not just a case of he pops in and just kills them. They get a little bit of a like a moment, like maybe a little laugh or a you know yeah. a little moment that's kind of you know we've got these like Big John, Little John, Big John, Little John. Yeah, you know, uh, Rob kind of compared us to each other, and then I was kind of like, mm, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a weird comparison to make. I was like, I get. I get the joke, but yeah, if, uh, if that's the way that Rob thinks about us, then uh, well, yeah, you, you know, are that's, little that's John, the way and Rob I'm wants big... our life to be. Yeah. yeah, you're little John, and I'm big John. That's the way it is. Um, um, I think the score was great. I think you know um, John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and oh, yeah. I can't remember the the third person who's kind of in that band. The score was absolutely great. I mean, obviously we get we get some of the classics, but a lot of the new stuff that they've done complements the film really well. Um, and it, I mean, I, I think this is one thing that people will either kind of, this I think is where the kind of divisiveness comes from for me, is that, like I said to you, as soon as we'd kind of finished, it it feels like it's a, the whole of a second act. So you, when you usually look at a film and you look at the structure, you have, you know, you have the first act, which is obviously, you know, usually a lot of the exposition and a lot of the setting up. Yeah. And then particularly in horror movies, the second act is where you get, you know, most of the the kills and then the, the action. And then you kind of have a bit of a lull before we get to the, the third act and the confrontation and the wrap up. And this definitely feels like it's a second act stretched over. You know, it opens as the first film has ended. We do get, you know, we get some flashbacks to... Um, 1978 which i i don't we won't spoil at the moment but we get some flashbacks which i thought were well um i know there was a point of contention for yourself um (laughs) but overall i I mean like i said to you i think the more i speak about it the more i realize how much i enjoyed it you know because it is it's it's kind of it's exactly what i wanted from from the second in a trilogy called halloween kills yeah you know it's brutal deaths it's a great score it's it's a lot of setup. Some of the shots look beautiful, you know. The uh, you know the I mean we all we all know Michael Myers survives. <laughs> so when he's in the you know when I mean, he's obviously, yeah, obviously. it's not going to be a Halloween. <laughs> so you know it's not going to you know which yeah again things like that occasionally take things out of a couple of scenes like yeah. you know that certain people certain yeah. people live died because you know it's a trilogy so you know that it's not necessarily going to be the end for certain people at certain points in this yeah. film because you're like ah. so occasionally that does and it, weirdly the one most likely for this is michael you know yeah. what i mean well michael um, emerging but you know the, the whole rescue scene of michael in the 
burning house, you know, in the burning new Strode house or whatever the whatever we call it, the the trap. That bit with the firefighters was absolutely class, and the the scenes where Michael was emerging from this burning house in yeah. the darkness with the light, with the rain, and well, the, not the rain, but the water from the yeah. hoses, just looked absolutely phenomenal. And I was like, oh, these dudes yeah, are getting fucked up. It is a, no, that is a, it is an awesome scene. I mean, that I feel like again, that's not really a scene that's too over because that is all over the trailers. Yeah, it's literally all over the advertising. That one scene, which we can tell you that that is just like. That's just like the tip of the iceberg kind of yeah, thing. You know what I mean? There yeah. is so much more than that scene. I remember watching that in the trailer and going, oh man, spoilers. And it's like, oh yeah, it is. But in this film, it's hard It's hard not to show off kills because there's literally a kill like every five, every five minutes at least, probably more often. There's a lot of kills. There's a there? lot, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a, yes, there's a lot of exposition kind of set up for like building around characters and stuff and i get what you mean about the uh the, fr- the the free act structure as in like yes the 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 opening of the film it obviously continues directly onto it. it feels like we kind yeah. of miss part of that kind of opening and the ending feels a bit quick so it does kind of come to that kind of oh okay that could have been like a expanded yeah like third act of this film but instead it still feels like it's just a tiptoe to what's coming next yeah kind of in a a strange Um, way but yeah i think overall um tonally i think is where some people might feel a bit off it does because it jumps around to certain points and certain characters and things like that i think that that's where a lot of the contention of this film might come is that yes it feels like a middle chapter definitely i don't think that's a problem how many horror films just have it where basically the killer and a bunch of shit characters Basically, it's just the killer killing shitty characters. The whole yeah. film. And those are films that I love. They're called Friday the 13th. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I love those films. And yes, I know that Michael, in a way, has got a slightly higher expectation than I think some of these other franchises, where his did not, like, although they dipped, they often still had a little bit more. And they've been risen. He's been reborn better than the rest of them have definitely, been reborn. Definitely. You know, um, so I understand that. And there is a bit of a tonal shift here between the film where occasionally it feels a bit like, oh, that feels a bit off. Or you had to get used to like a flashback setting or yeah. things like that. And then we jump to something else. And then we jump across back to the, the night of. And it, it like there is occasionally, not saying they jump off a lot, um, but that is one area that definitely for you going in just to be aware is yeah it's gonna feel a little bit off but i think by the time you get to the end product i think if you're a michael myers fan and you're a fan of like death but you're also a fan of, <laughs> these a fan stories, of death. just a fan of death then i think you're really gonna enjoy this to kind of wrap this up uh to kind of we're struggling now to not talk about spoilers i think yeah um <laughs> from, you, well yeah. for me i would kind of say it reminded me of a um an, an amalgamation of a kind of a mix of Halloween 2, Halloween 4, with the violence of the Rob Zombie films. Yeah. Which is kind of a really good thing for me, to be honest, because I always felt that the Rob Zombie films, the violence was particularly great. It was just the surrounding story and that kind of stuff that I wasn't particularly huge on. Yeah. Um, I would say this is, I mean, for me, this is Michael at his peak, I would say, you know. In, yeah, oh, it, yeah, like, yeah. Like this, this is, is, a, this is an unstoppable machine. It's probably the the. It, this is probably for some people. This will be a like. Oh, I'm definitely seeing that. And this is. I think this is the most graphic and gory he's yeah. ever been. 
Definitely. Like more than Rob Zombies even. There is there is an occasional shots where I was even so occasionally we questioning kind of... like, uh, I, I don't know if we needed to share that shot to be honest. That is like, it was about going on that kind of boundary where, yes, I mean, if anyone knows about the, like, if this is literally the, you know, the original 1978 ha- Halloween was yeah. bloodless. Yeah, definitely. It had yeah. no blood. You know, so this is, this is definitely going away from that original. But the yeah. last one did as well. Because in this modern era, people expect to see a bit more gore. A yeah, bit well, more I think... of that bang for their buck. Yeah. And this one gives it to you all. Um, uh, the special effects look great, you know. Oh, they do, yeah. It, it constantly, it never looks faint. And you do at times feel like, fucking hell, this guy is a monster. Yeah. Like, there's an enjoyment and there's a like, there's something you like about Michael, in a way, as like this kind of, in that weird way. But then in this film, there are some moments when you're like, this guy is just a fucking, like, monster like yeah, he truly is or like horrible kind of thing because he kills people in such horrific ways in this film and like, he plays with his food as well that was oh one yeah there's a real him. there's a real this is the, this is the child michael just playing kind yeah of which was awesome he's just having fun he's just going through the town and this is all he wants to do you know is kill and kill and kill yeah so that is um yeah, I think I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah, and we will now we say give, it's we'll give old, a spoiler count. The old big old gong and the countdown. Yeah, so it's five. your time to escape. <laughs> All right, so it is. We're going, I'm going to do a countdown because we did it with Candyman, God. and it gives people because I'm whenever somebody's like, "Oh, spoilers!" I'm like, "No, I can hang on a little bit more," you know. Yeah. So this is your spoiler countdown: five, four, three, two, one. Michael hangs dong. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been waiting to say that? Michael hangs been? dog. Michael no. hangs dog. No. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler warning, he hangs it though. If you're still if you're still there and you're trying to escape. Yeah. He hangs dong. <laughs> I don't expect him to be circumcised, but uh, I guess that's all part of the, that's all part of the reveal, isn't it? That's the big twist. Um, <laughs> that is the big twist at the yeah. end of this film that he was talking about. Yeah. The reason he said it was too quick is because he wanted it for longer. That I wanted shot. it for longer. <laughs> they should have held on that. Shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, initially when the film started, we kind of open up with that scene of uh, Cameron, don't we, finding uh, Sheriff. I always want to say Sheriff Brackett, but it's not Sheriff Brackett. It's not Sheriff Will Brackett. Patton's character. Yeah, Will Patton's character. Um, Sheriff. And, I am, um, yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, Sheriff Hawkins. Hawkins, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sheriff Hawkins. Um, yeah, so we find Will Patton, Sheriff Hawkins. Um, we find him uh, still lying there on the ground. We we are wondering if this is like, oh, like, did this happen at the same time? Were we about to see an extra kill that we never saw in the first film? Was yeah. what I was thinking. I thought we were about to see Michael pre, you know, as if they were jumping back for some random reason. But no, it's it's Hawkins. And Hawkins is uh, still alive, but he's alive. Unlike yeah. the first one. So there you go. First big spoiler. Hawkins did not die in the original film. No. He is alive in this film. And he does get some really nice scenes with Jamie Lee Curtis. In fact, they're probably the strongest scenes with Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, otherwise yeah. between those two characters. And I think it's pretty clear that uh, Will Patton and Jamie Lee Curtis are going to be play a big part in the next one. Yes. Um, Which I'm glad about because I thought there was a bit of a waste of Will Patton in that first film when he was off like that. I yeah. thought, oh, I thought, oh, that's... He's a good he's actor. A good, he is a very good actor. So I d- was a bit disappointed that he was gone so quick and now I'm very glad that he's back. There was even a part when I thought it was going to be revealed that he was really the father of, you know, um, Judy Greer's... Karen. Karen, yeah. Because they, she, she, she just... was saying, like, I never told you. Oh, yeah. Talking about the bar... 
She never really finished that, so I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember if they ever said who Karen's father is. So, Slung yogurt. You know, so, you have a kid called Karen. You know, I don't know. Was it Ben Tramer? I was expecting to. There's one thing. Ben Tramer actually just was popped in my head. I, I was expecting to see Ben Tramer. No, I, I think they. Because I mean, that was a point of. There's someone on the you, credits that's called Ben Tramer oh, on no IMDb, so I thought he'd be a character in this film. Maybe he's a background character. Maybe he is Ben Tramer in the background. Yeah, you know, I kept because when I heard someone when I saw that, I was like, you can't have Ben Tramer. He's dead. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that was <laughs> Halloween too. <laughs> that was the other time. <laughs> that was a different yeah. world, a universe. I mean, I the first kind of flashback to 1978. Um, I I liked it. You know, I thought it it was good to kind of flesh out. Um, there was that point for you where you know when they were standing kind of looking out in out of michael's house and then you know he jumped he comes out of the closet and he grabs yeah so the i mean this is because this is hawkins story isn't it? yeah so hawkins. this is why we see hawkins early on because hawkins is is really our, is our main link to 1978 yeah. here we're learning about hawkins and we're learning about a few more characters that we then get in the film so we're getting some background to what their night and what michael's like I mean, it's awesome seeing Michael come back out in that original perfect mask and they've recreated it perfectly. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was CGI or not. Yeah, it, uh, it looked very clean and it, it, did. it looked very original. But I don't know if it's just because it is so clean compared to... Compared uh, to the burnt one. Yeah, I mean, the spe- like those little, little bits, the special effects work in this, with, like, spoiler, Donald's presence is, yeah. like, reborn in facially and he looks, unlike, say, when you get this in, like, the CGI face in, like, in, like Star Wars and stuff, yeah. where sometimes, like, yeah, it look, doesn't look completely real or, you know, in Marvel films when they're yeah. de people, sometimes you're like, mm. but this one, i got to be honest, because they've shot it with kind of a dark, shadowy nature, which yeah. I think helps, Donald Pleasance looks perfect, you know, he's... He's there, he's talking, he's talking to Hawkins, he's asking questions. They've obviously used real sound clips and just kind of edited it. I know some people really don't like the use of this kind of function in yeah. films. They I don't mean, like bringing back the dead to use them for that thing. He is only minimally used. Yeah. He's, in, he's in probably, if you cut it together, it's probably like 20 seconds of actual footage that he's yeah. there for. <laughs> but uh, he looks fantastic. And it, it does add a little something to Hawkins' kind of story. Yeah, um, you know that that whole element that we get in 1978. Now, um, tonally, this this is one of the ones where I was a bit, I was a bit like sometimes it felt like it was the original, like you know, 1978 film. Yeah. Sometimes it didn't in the flashback. I mean, sometimes yeah, it, sometimes it felt like it matched, and sometimes to me it didn't totally feel like it was matching up with you know, what we know of that film. Like, the opening shot stuff absolutely did. Michael coming through the shadows, absolutely. Yeah, you know. when it, I mean, the walk, you know, the way in which Michael moved away from the shots and was just kind of walking the great. For me, I think it would have just, I think it would have made sense to open with that scene back in 1978 mm. and then to have um, Cameron find him. Yeah. Because that felt very just... It felt like we were trying to, because Cameron was such an asshole character in the first film, Yeah, we were trying to reintroduce him, so we used a character to a character. Obviously, it's also used to tell us that Hawkins is actually alive, though, I guess. Yeah, but I think but if we'd we could have found that. We then... should have had that, and then it should have been, I would have said, Hawkins is on the ground as Cameron approaches him after the flashback. Yeah. Would have worked better. I think that would have worked it. better. Because it does, it just kind of opens it feels a bit weird, doesn't it? Cameron walking, yeah. and I was like, yeah, this, you, you, the, that's one of the the main things is you have you have to kind of get it in your head that it is the second act and it does follow on straight away 
So, and I was expecting Michael coming out of the the you know the building to be the cold open, but we don't get a cold open in this film really. We just open up with Cameron on yeah, the phone to Cameron the, goes yeah to goes Oscar. straight in yeah straight on to um yeah straight on the phone. But it's yeah it, it, I think it's to establish right here we are we're still on the same night kind of yeah. thing. There's no uh, is there a is, yeah, there probably was a Haddonfield, Illinois, 2018. There was, yeah. But I swear that doesn't pop up until, no, that's after, the until after the flashback. But that's yeah. the other thing. It's like, well, why didn't that... That should have appeared straight away, but it doesn't. It's like yeah. it's like just to tell us that. And yeah, I think it, I do feel the, the opening would have worked better if it was straight into the flashback and then we got the Cameron scene afterwards yeah. or just cut to, you know, more Cameron finding thing. We didn't need the whole conversation on the way as if nobody knows anything's happened because that is a major part of the place in this film is for the opening nobody really nobody knows really anything's knows, happened yeah. and then we do get a few kind of like uh awkward like tv bits and stuff like that which don't always work you know we yeah. have the, the boy um is it andre from the first one yeah we get Same him about. in this kind of awkward little cameo on the screen that doesn't really seem like a child who's just literally almost been hunted down by yeah. someone, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, someone who's literally just seen his babysitter get in the problem, the, for me, the brutalist killer of the 2018 film, the babysitter that gets yeah. dragged across the floor. Um, you know, he didn't seem like he'd had the trauma. No. Um, so let's just finish off that 1978 bit. So the bit that we said, that I said that I have a little problem with is, and the, the, there's two parts for this, is... Although uh, visually it looks right and, you know, we get a lot of characters, we do occasionally have a few bits where the police officers are kind of given exposition, which it kind of feels like if you know these films, you don't need that exposition. But then this is the the thing that I said to you on the way back is, um, because you, one of the things for you was the introduction of a lot of the legacy characters mm. and the flashbacks to, uh, you know, for instance, Annie Brackett's death, you know, seeing that and kind of seeing the old footage of that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You were, were like, well, if you've seen the, you know, if you've seen this film, you don't need it or you don't need a flashback to the previous one. But there's quite a few people who I've, who I know who haven't seen the original one. They've heard about it. They've heard it's kind of a classic. Yeah. But then the, the introduction to it was Halloween 2018. So I can kind of see why they've, why they have that, those kind of, introductions in a way um yeah i get it but also at the same time i feel it makes when films do this it makes them less it, it makes them weaker films yeah they I, don't I, need to pander to an audience an audience has either seen a film or they haven't seen I, a film. i get your point and we yeah. go you know we go from there this film like this is this was one of my main things is this film really overuses this it's like we get scenes that flash back to the 2018 film. We get films that flash back to the 1978 film. We even get one bit where it shows us a part that we've already seen in this film. It's, Which part was that? It's the, the this 1978, the death of the police officer in the 1978 film. Yeah. We we see that bit play off where he comes back into the room again and we see him and he does the shot and we're reminded again of the shooting and thing. And then after it, we do get a little bit of more information of what yeah. happened next. That's fine. And I didn't have an overall problem, but I'm just saying by that point, I was like, why are we getting another shot back? Yeah. Like, I I'm... don't want to look back at it. Like, <laughs> I want to keep moving forward. And I get that there are people that haven't seen these films. But yeah. at the same time, it's kind of like, mm, you're seeing a sequel, Halloween Kills. You should have seen the 2018 film. If you haven't seen the 2018 film, you'd still be able to follow this. And if you haven't seen any of them, 
you don't give a shit about the legacy characters anyway. Yeah, so why are we putting so to much be emphasis fair, that's on it? <laughs> like you don't <laughs> yeah. give a shit. Like no one's gonna care. So why are we putting things like Sheriff Brackett? We see him and then we zoom in on his Sheriff Brackett badge to say that's definitely Sheriff Brackett. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know. I fucking seen this. Like if we if anyone knows these films, they know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I get that. I right? mean my counter is yet again, it's <laughs> the people that haven't seen this film people who might have seen it years ago and kind of forgot about it. Yeah, I, but, I, I get that. But yeah. again, like we could also clearly see the badge. We didn't need the zoom in shot on the badge. No, no that like, was it was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That one was just a bit in your face. And like bit like um that that 1978 scene, um so that was that was one part like that, that we're having to constantly remind people with that exposition. My other my other part of this is and you know this again i'm not saying that this is a bad scene because i do i did like it yeah i just i just think michael comes out the police officers in the window looking out and this looking out the window thing is plays a very big role in this film yeah which <laughs> i guess we'll see in the next part won't we yeah there's something about the reflection or michael the way he looks at himself or what he's seeing in his reflection or something yeah. like that that seems to be a big theme that's going to play into the final of the supernatural element of michael um i think <laughs> anyway that's yeah. that's what i was taking from it but anyway he's standing there and then the guy and then we know that the death's coming we know that someone's michael's coming yeah. at some point and there's only one place he can go because it's to the right you know yeah. so we're like he's definitely there and this is coming down from the ceiling and that's a very haste to our wall he doesn't do that in uh these ones that's a 90s thing yeah. um but michael comes out to the side and michael normally kind of comes out with this kind of stood up straight but he's not rushing he comes and because he's got such power he doesn't need to rush into you because he can literally the second you try to fight back he's he's got, got you pinned and it's the element of surprise which is his yeah reason. and i just got a bit thrown off because michael literally kind of like speeds in really fast but he kind of moves so fast like i've never seen michael move that speed yeah like it's a bit like it threw me off i was like well, that's didn't really feel like michael and like and then yes we get the whole hawkins hawkins actually shot the cop in the neck and Hawkins, you know, feels regret for that kind of part, which we think is his whole regret, but we find out there's more to the yeah, story. There's more there. to it, which I liked. But um, part two and um of my little thing of this and the final little thing that pops up is and this links to the firefighters. Yeah. Michael, when he's in his fifties, sixties, I what is he, seventy? I don't freaking know anymore. He's twenty one in the first film, isn't he? Yeah. So I'm guessing sixty one. Yeah. So 61 years old, 61 year old, I know they go very much to say supernatural Michael. And the more that he kills, the more powerful he gets. So it's explained there, but it still seems really weird. when. So that's why he's like getting more and more powerful over time. It says in the film that they yeah. believe this is a theory, though. This is just from Jamie Lee's kind of mad banter at the end with Will Patton's Hawkins. Yeah. Um, but. In that scene, it just feels so weird to see in one scene where we get the firefighters that literally get butchered, and there's a lot of firefighters. Yeah. And then we see Michael surrounded by police, and he does nothing, <laughs> which has a really nice shot, which is a really nice throwback to when he was a child standing at the end of his drive yeah. when they take the mask off. I like that shot a lot. And we've got uh, we've got Hawkins in the back, young Hawkins. We've got um, Loomis there as well. Yeah, which was a nice surprise because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, so those those are really nice things. It's just a bit of a throw off, and you're like, there he is, taken out. And you know, I've answered my own question by saying they're kind of implying that he gets more powerful with every kill, basically yeah. in some weird way. But it's still, it's like Michael just stops and he's done. Apparently, he stands there in front of them, and yes, we get more context. To this. I'm guessing because 
they they were shooters, didn't they? They all had guns on them. I mean, it could. It, he's only been shot the six times by Loomis at this point. You know, yeah. he might be thinking, "I'm I might die if I get any more." You know, at this that's point. what I would. He from. might not be as powerful. He's more scared. He's young, and yeah. he also doesn't have the built up rage that they said in the first one that he's been sat there basically thinking about Laurie or Haddonfield. Because this film again is more about the... it starts to say whether it is really Laura Laurie as the stalker, which I know is something that some people have. I've seen in reviews and stuff where people say that they're trying to take away the the stalker mythology from it. Yeah. And they're going back to that and they say that's what made some of the sequels worse. And when they revisited that in 2018, they said that that's what made it better is that they revisited the idea that it's just a stalker. And now in this one, they do slightly start to fade that away again with the idea that maybe it's not Laurie Strode. Maybe there's something else that he's after. She's yeah. just part of the mix. I guess we'll we'll find out. I mean, that's a Halloween ends question to yeah, us, <laughs> which we will do next year. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really have many problems with that part. It was for me. It was when we go to the bar and we first get introduced to um, you know Nurse Marion. Um, I keep wanting to say Lily, but it's not, is it? Lindsay. Lin- yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, and. Tommy Doyle and the the kind of the oh, new characters who names like Lonnie, Lon- Lonnie, obviously. Lonnie. Um, oh, that's it. No, Lindsay. Nineteen seventy eight introduces us to a young boy who sees Michael in the middle of the street called Lonnie. Lonnie. Uh, he, he's been. Was it Lonnie? Uh, I swear, I don't know pronounced Lonnie. No, Lonnie. <laughs> I don't know, but it's um, but it's he. He basically he sees Michael right in front of him, and then the police appear, and actually. Michael was gone. Like Michael does his old shape shifting thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we get so that's our link to this guy in now. But he is Cameron's dad. He is mentioned in the, you know, in the um, original. In the original. Yeah, film. there is. A, I do you remember know. there being a mention to yeah. that in the in someone in the someone there. He's the burning Tommy Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, for me, that well, I was like, oh, this is a bit of a weird thing, just. Because it introduces them in a very like, hi, I'm. It's almost like you know, he's like, I'm Tommy Doyle. This is this. This is this. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of a ham-fisted way of introducing them. And then we we kind of meet the. They're the like t- a trauma support group, aren't they? They join together every Halloween. They get back together for anyone who's been like directly affected yeah. by Michael Myers. And then um, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect scene. We get this whole like way it's like characters like we see bits of their hand and we hear them talking and we're following this like black couple who are kind of listening and getting annoyed by them being so noisy and stuff like that and i, I like the couple man i thought they were oh yeah yeah they, i can't the remember their names good. for the life of me no i can't, I can't remember, remember the names the life it's, it's me. doctor and nurse doctor and the man's and nurse. the nurse because i remember that being quite i quite liked that twist like it played up as if he was the doctor and she's the nurse yeah they're in the costume she's the nurse and then they t- twist around by she's the doctor and he's actually yeah. a nurse. yeah like, that was quite good um, but then we have that scene, and I was like, okay, this is a bit kind of ham-fisted. Um, but once Tom, once Tommy Doyle sprang into action... Once we get him on the once stage. Once we get him on the stage. No, I mean, I, even when he was on the stage, action. I was kind of like... Yeah, the right, whole reminding people of like that, and yeah, it's the, time to remember, yeah. But then once he gets into it, you know, once, we, once Michael hijacks that car... Which is not Michael, is it? It's the other mental. It's the other mental. Yeah, one of um, the other that had got away. We, I don't, we didn't. I don't think we got any name. Or I don't think we got a name from. But, but like, yeah, when once my, you know, once uh, Tommy Doyle, who and Anthony Michael Hall does a much better job as Tommy Doyle than Paul Rudd to me. I always felt like I said in the Halloween uh, 
uh, retrospective, I always got a kind of a nonce vibe from that Tommy Doyle, you know, <laughs> a bit of like a diddler vibe. Yeah. Um, th- this bit, one in, this bit one bit in a diddler, you know. Yeah. He's... We talked about this before. We know um, Paul Rudd, um, at least there was a conversation. I don't know if it was ever going to go anywhere. Some people said scheduling. I don't believe that my that Paul Rudd would have wanted to take on this role because it's not really a role that Paul Rudd would work no. in. And it wouldn't match him. I mean, Anthony Michael Hall's character is very much... Is, this is Tommy Doyle. This is trauma Tommy Doyle. Who's, yeah. He's not, like, fully destroyed. But you can tell that he's been, you know, fairly... Not exactly living an easygoing life at times. And that he, I feel like at times it may be a bit of a drinker or things like that. There's just yeah. something about the way Anthony Michael Hall looks, which is so weird because Anthony Michael Hall, every time I look at him, I think, dude, you look nothing like back when you were in, like, Weird Science and Breakfast Club. Like, yeah. that scrawny kid, he is, like... He is like wide and you know he's got some bulk on him, hasn't he? Yeah, um, but yeah, he he re- he really displays this kind of. He is the pinpoint for this kind of strong anger and violence towards anything that could have ever been done to him, kind of thing. Yeah, and it kind of feels like he's letting out his rage for that that trauma that he had as a child, but he's really like he's putting it into as if what he feels, everyone else around him has to feel as well. And he is kind of the pinpoint for this kind of mob justice. Mob justice and I violence. really like that. Oh, yeah. I, I really like a, that. This is a part of the film I really like is the whole film is the idea that, yeah, fuck it. Like, I feel like if there was someone around Swarter and they're, they're murdering people and they're on the loose and things like that, I feel like there is a point when people will get like this. But this yeah. film also helps to prove why that's not the way to do it. There is a clear point in this film that kind of shows that his views, Tommy yeah. Doyle's views are wrong. And Tommy Doyle learns that lesson as well. He learns it the hard way, doesn't he? And that, that scene that we're talking about, because I don't, I don't, we should, you know, we'll come back to this film once we've watched it more. Yeah, yeah Because yeah. it's one of those ones. Um, and especially after Halloween ends as well, because I think it will, I think retrospectively, I'll, I'll like Halloween Kills more. I feel like this I've is going to be a marathoner. This yeah, is going to be like be a watch 28, or even possibly original through 2018, through All to in the end. Yeah. A um, quadrilogy, like a good quadrilogy. Yeah. But, so I don't want to talk about every scene. Um, but no, I, there's t- just a few big like points in this yeah. film. And I think this bit with, um, this, Tommy I, Doyle, this yeah. way you go with Tommy Doyle. But it's the it's also that it's the it's the failure of the police. Yeah. You know, the failure of the police to do anything, the failure of the police in nineteen seventy eight, the failure of of the police on the night of these murders in yeah. the two thousand and eighteen film that has this mob mentality. And we, we kind of know that um you know, mob well, justice the, kind of can yeah. take this form. There is very much that sense of failure though between all of the characters that they failed. Well, that's the... F- like, when Michael's not dead at the beginning, I feel all of the Strodes, once they once they learn about it one by one, they suddenly feel they're so happy that they've managed to stop him, and then, like, they're kind of... They, they're kind of at peace so much with the dead a little bit more because at least they've stopped this evil. Yeah. And then they feel this failure. And Tommy Doyle feels this failure as if he couldn't help in the original, like he couldn't help Laurie in the original because yeah. he was only a child. And he feels like now he's not a child. He even has a scene with her where he says that I'm going to protect you. Yeah. I'm going to stop him as if it's his job to do that, as if it's always should have been his job to and do he's, that. He, it's, it's, it's almost like his way of repaying the debt in a strange yeah. way. And Hawkins, so the Hawkins, to have the twist in 1978 that we don't see, we see later on in the film. Hawkins 
constantly says that it's his fault. And you think, well, you didn't shoot at him in that room, but that doesn't mean it was your fault. Yeah. But then it turns out there was more to it. So originally, Loomis uh, and the police pretty much agreed. They basically, when they caught Michael in that scene, they basically forced him to lean down on the ground and they were going to shoot him in the head. Yeah. So they were going to kill him. Um, Loomis was the one behind the gun, the stringer. Yeah. And again, another shot that looks really like, shit, that doesn't look like CGI. It just looks like Donald Pleasance is <laughs> yeah. back from the dead. Like, it's like shit. Um, and Hawkins, uh, young Hawkins kind of believes that, you know, being young thinks that that's not justice kind of thing and tries to stop him. Yeah. Um, which isn't r- like, r- in one way, it's like, and this is why the film kind of plays out in this way. It's like, yeah, but justice is what it is. Things have to be done. We don't, you don't just kill people that is what balance that's the system and in this film is the system breaking down yeah and it there's that weird contradiction with tommy doyle where we get yes you've started this giant mob of people but the problem is the mob of people then causes the police not to even be able to do their job because they're then to they have to look after the fucking mob yeah so that how are the police meant to do their job if they can't you know it's not that they haven't failed in certain ways any cop in a horror film fails yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's their job basically in a horror film to not do perfectly but i'd also say that a lot of them in this film aren't necessarily doing a bad job they just haven't you know it hasn't worked out properly you know yeah they've been set up in a bad way um so but, that but that he, reveals yeah. good with hawkins though, but i think that. well hawkins has that kind of um in a way, it's it's almost a bit like survivor's guilt in a strange way, yeah. you know, or this kind of guilt that all of these deaths could have been stopped if he'd have done something. Yeah, and uh, Laurie kind of shares that as well, you know, of it's her fault that everybody's been messed up in this and stuff. I don't know where they're going to go with this because, like you said, they kind of seem to imply that Michael is or is making his way back home for some reason. Yeah, um, when he always when, makes his way back home. Yeah, and when they say about staring into the into the the mirror and his reflection and stuff like that, I don't I don't know if they're they're going to be kind of going for the supernatural kind of route. I don't I don't think they're going to do that. I think the the more idea of Michael staring into himself is this whole kind of notion of the evil within him and stuff like that. I don't know if they're going I don't, to I don't, go with that. Yeah. I know it's an evil within him, but I mean, at this point, based on the end of this film, there's no way to not say that Michael's not, is a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it already is supernatural. It's gone there. Yeah, because by mean... the end of this film, he literally gets beaten, shot repeatedly. Like, he gets bodied. Absolutely fucked to the point where I'm like, I don't, like, even I was there like, right, you, there's no way else to go with this now because he's fucked. He has to. He, he's like, like the, what? Where are we go with it? This seems like the end. Yeah, you know, this could have been. This could have been a perfectly fine kind of like adding Laurie into the mix, and this could have been a quite awesome kind of ending in its own way. But it would have been a, you know, it would have been the ending that some films would have gone for. This yeah. kind of that the town destroys him together kind of thing. Um, but that's obviously not where they want to go, which is fine because it's been very done before anyway. Yes. You know, that kind of idea of that mob mentality kind of taking down the villain kind of thing. But they did it in Halloween 4. Yeah. You know, so... But it didn't work then either. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we've... So, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like super... I'm not, I'm not thinking like Halloween 6, The Curse yeah. of Michael Myers, but there's something between Michael... There's something that is played up and it's really hard to work out. So they've obviously got an idea of what they know, what they're doing with this. But there's Michael in the in the window. 
the reason he stared out at the window all day long. It's introduced right at the very beginning of this film. And it plays out throughout that as if he's looking at his reflection and like you said, the evil within, yeah. whether it's going to be that there's something about him that is, or something that he wants, you know, or, you know, something that he recognizes himself. I don't know. I don't know how they're quite going to explain this. Um, it's, I feel like there is a tightrope that needs to be walked here though, because there is one thing in this film where we have big long scenes and we get this right at the end of the film where we've got Hawkins and, um, Jamie Lee, uh, I don't know why I went to Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and they're, they're literally discussing over all of this mob mentality playing out with Tommy Doyle and his gang finally got him. Karen's like, gotcha again, you know, yeah. we've got him down, you know, and she, she did have him, but we've, we've got them all while Jamie Lee Curtis and Hawkins are saying all this stuff about him being super, like not super, but he's not, of a, he's not like a normal man. Yeah. He's not a human man. He gets, he gets stronger with every death he does, like kind of playing over the top, which is what makes you think, well, okay, well, we definitely, we knew he wasn't going to die, but we definitely know because you're basically telling us the rules of what works with Michael yeah. Myers now is that every death has made him stronger and he'll just keep getting back up kind of thing, which we know Michael always just seems to keep always getting does, back man. up. Um, but those little parts, that's another thing in this film which doesn't always get balanced well. And yeah. some people it will be far too thickly laid on. The 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 word evil dies tonight, I don't know how many times that's said in this film. Yeah. Marion says it in the bar early on when he grabs the bat when he grabs the old bat, Tommy, yeah. the old Huckleberry bat. The old Huckleberry, yeah. Um, you know, Marion just says it and at that point it seems really out of place. It's like, okay, where's that? And then we keep hearing the same phrase, evil dies tonight, and then it becomes the chant of the crowd. But we keep hearing things like not just evil dies tonight, but it's he's got to die tonight. It has to go. You know, we keep hearing it repeated, repeated. I when it's in the mob, I don't mind it. But when it was just random characters like like Laurie kept repeating it, it got a bit like yeah, okay, we, we get we it. get it. We yeah. don't need it. You don't need to keep saying it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with and you on that. This is and that that is one where I think for some people they'll be like, okay, yeah, we we get that, we get it. That's great, you know go do it then <laughs> yeah don't talk about it let's go and do it you know a little bit more of, a little bit more urgency at times would have helped i think yeah i mean it's it's a hard balance to do and this is why people will feel like it's a middle film because it does sometimes feel like well, instead of actions is. where we're waiting for certain things to happen it is a middle film isn't you it? know we kind and, of and we get this with like where you know where we get uh the daughter uh i keep forgetting the name what's her name uh allison allison Allison, um, so she's out with one lot of them. She's out with Lani and Cameron. Lani and, and Cameron. Cameron. And, you know, but we've actually not, like, when we get to the bit in the, the mob scene in the hospital, we don't actually see them for quite a while, but they don't seem to have moved much or done much. No. You know, although Allison gets a role to play in being like, she kind of wants to basically, it's like she wants to, she wants revenge. She's basically a little bit like yeah. a grandmother, you know. She's going out to get that revenge kind of thing. Um but weirdly, Alison's one of the ones where, although I thought that she would really take the lead here, it didn't really feel like she was taking the lead. She kind of was there. She was in a lot of scenes. She was talking a lot of things, but she didn't, you know, until we get to the very end, like that scene in Michael Myers' house. Yeah. Didn't really feel like she did much except for basically talk up the same, you know, the same things, like on a repeat of, he killed my dad. I'm not going to invest that. I'm going to do that. To be fair, I quite like that. Though. We got like a little bit of that. I, I didn't mind that she was out with them and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just don't know if it always justified itself in that way. But again, this is me being nitpicky and not, you know, it doesn't. In the general enjoyment of the film, it doesn't mean shit. No. Really. And, <laughs> I mean, the end, the kind of, 
to look at some of the kills in it, the you know the firefighters getting killed is an, is an incredible scene. You know, seeing yeah. him use that door breaching tool or the the pickaxe kind of thing to just yeah. fuck them up was awesome. Yeah, the, point of view shots where it goes through like the yeah. bare perspective of the dying, cha- the chains, the, the chainsaw chopping it. it. Even the bit when you see the body the aftermath after when the police there and you just see literally like parts of heads on the ground, yeah, that was splattered awesome. all over. Like the set design there is awesome. Like yeah, the 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 buildings now completely burnt down, just down to the kind of like the chimneys and all yeah. the things left. And apart from that, you've just got this basically like autumn kind of leaves yeah. surrounded by dead firemen's bodies dead and it, people man. it's it's awesome and then the death of the the first el- elderly couple that we see where oh yeah i love that when, this, he, this, when he looks this is one of my favorite yeah and then when he turns the light on michael's in there and then he quickly Smashes breaks the, the light yeah. yeah that and then that scene was great and the the i mean the fluorescent light was fucking brutal oh, yeah this bit so I, d- I don't know you didn't really watch the trailers did you this bit no. was ruined in the trailers so he, this whole shot is the way he breaks the first and puts uh, it into a neck that's in the trailer uh, so it, it, it sucks although i would say that it plays out much longer in the film and you really feel sorry for her like yeah. it's brutal and like really like he really seems like just demented in this scene like he really well, just she's watching her husband die and well, then she's watching her husband dead yeah and then having nice just well, he's not even body. dead but michael this is a thing we get a lot of michael like we said before we get a lot of michael playing in this film yeah playing he's messing around like he like he doesn't leave people just dead like in the last film much more we got like they're dead and he left them kind of well, bodies he, he dismembered more. a couple of them didn't he yeah thing, things like that a little bit but in this one we get literally like the whole we get the you know that scene where, where he's got him on the table and he's just picking out each knife and just into his back and the next one. And he looks like he's having fucking fun. And she's still alive, which yeah, is the worst thing. Him. Yeah. And then he walks over to her. Um, the, you know, I'm trying to think some more deaths. Uh, Big John, Little John, Rip. You know, that, yeah, that was a really good We don't see scene. Little John die. No, I, I, and that's the thing. Because I heard that they kind of bring in that these, uh, they were like, when I, I read a woman review and it was like, they bring in two new couples. Um and die and they die quite quickly i definitely felt that about the you know the the nurse and the doctor um i mean with, that was a great scene when they're in the yeah. car oh yeah you the know nurse the doctor Mar- uh yeah nurse marion she definitely was off a bit quicker than i was expecting her to be off yeah she wasn't in it very much uh but then i assume she's a much older actress so i don't know if she'd want to be in it too much you know yeah. that kind and of thing it, and it kind of fit for me because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a callback to the original film when he throws yeah. around escapes. It, it, it's the it's the broken glass in the mirror and things like that. I'd say almost like Nurse Marin is the one that's more letting Michael into the freaking car because she keeps blowing out all the windows so he yeah. can get in easily. Uh, yeah, like he's got easy access. Um, uh, yeah, and hers. You know, again, uh, when we come to some of these uh, more legacy characters or the characters more well known, they don't get as violent a death as the other people we know. No, less, not quite. Do they? Like she gets like butchered it in the car but you don't quite see it that much you see it like some blood and stuff but you yeah. don't really see it that much i mean that callback though for some for some people the fact she's in the car she's in a very similar position like where she was screaming to where she's dying yeah you know that depends on your taste some people the nostalgia people who just don't like it being too close will feel like that's just yeah a bit too on the nose 
I liked it. I liked, but yeah, I liked it, it. it. It works. Um, I liked to then. That scene actually has actually one one of my favorite, and it's because it's a defo. Michael doesn't actually really do anything, and it's the it's the it's, it's the a, nurse with the gun. It's a half John Wick death, isn't it? Yeah, she, you know? she is blasting at him. She's not doing a good job. She's no. shooting anywhere but Michael. Uh, you know, you'd you'd wait until he gets out of the car so you've got a good shot at him. Not like she's literally just shooting the car. Basically, I think you panic. We say that, but then obviously in the UK, yeah. we've never fired a gun, have we? No, yeah. I so get I imagine, like, to be fair, I imagine you would, you would panic. Yeah, you? I get that you panic, and I get the reason she's shooting is because she may not realise that her partner's dead. He gets the knife yeah. in the eye, which is pretty badass. He falls back slowly. Yeah. It's brutal. But I just love this one. She is literally blasting her. And Michael, kind of, after killing Marion, kind of steps out of the car like she's shooting towards him i think he has a little bit of a block it block at one point she gets one close and then he just literally as she gets towards the guns there he kicks the car door so it blasts back into her face i was expecting that. i was expecting to kick the gun out of her hand yeah and then, and like, then he would knife her down i thought he'd kill her or i thought i thought someone was gonna get their head slammed in the door or something yeah. you know like that kind of brutal death that was but awesome. i don't know why i guess because i was so expecting her to get some kind of like stabbing or so that the fact that she kills herself in a way is like Actually, I kind of, that was kind yeah, of I quite like that, especially because <laughs> she was like, you know, I've shot these before, I know it, so it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, it's um, quite like her husband is very much the anti, and like the she's the she's the one that wears the trousers one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Big uh, John, Little John. Yeah, Big John, big, Little John, fucking Big John. I like this one. This is it's a little bit comical at times. Their kind of whole stick. And yeah, they're, they're obviously like. They're like the they're like a trendy couple who've decided to buy a Myers house and do it all up. Yeah, nice way. like you know that they don't say it, they don't say it, but you know what kind of couple this is. This is the ones that's like, oh, we're definitely buying that. It's the Myers house. I want to yeah, make the it look amazing. Yeah, yeah, the gentrification. And um, but you know, but you know, these two characters are very much kind of a bit comical. But when we say that the new characters coming in die really quickly, I mean, there was because there's a bit of a stretch between when we first meet them. And when they die... It didn't quite feel like they just... We saw them and they died. No, they didn't just come and go. You know, the elderly couple, a little bit more. Yeah, they're definitely... They kind of died in the first scene we got with them. But that's to be expected. Whereas Big John, Little John, they kind of had that... And they also set up. There was a lot of nice little setups for other scenes. We had the the kids trick-or-treating, the little shits, like the little shits that also... And this is the thing that makes... So when Marion and the nurse and the doctor, <laughs> whatever way around that is, yeah. um, when they die, the, the kids, obviously one of them's wearing the skull mask from Season yeah. of the Witch. And then when we get that whole scene, and again, I, it's kind of annoying that they ruined this shot in the trailers yeah. because this is a really cool shot for fans. And I feel like you would have been... If I had, hadn't have seen it in the trailer, I would have been much more like... Because it wasn't even just in the trailer; it was in the little TV spots, little pictures. Probably yeah. most people saw it. It was probably ruined for them. That's why I saw. It. I didn't know who yeah. it was, but I knew it. I knew it was a scene that was in it. I thought yeah. it was going to be the kids. But yeah, in the playground where you've got all of the free season of the witch masks on them, I that was just an awesome. I love that. Quote. I loved it, and I loved it when they were like, "Oh, there's this weird guy with a white mask playing oh, peekaboo." Yeah. yeah, the kids. I I quite liked the kids. Their their little jokes were like, yeah, yeah, as if they they're like, who's that diddler behind the tree? Yeah, that was and quite then, good. And then I even I had a bit like when they were saying that i was like oh where the fuck is he and like then when he like literally you see him step out by the car even i had a bit of oh shit look yeah <laughs> like oh shit there he is like and then oh, when nurse Mar- fucked, guys when nurse marion spots him in the wing mirror yeah in the, in the rear mirror and then um, he climbed again just back to that callback of him jumping on the back of the yeah. car like yeah it's good. and obviously um i mean one thing i, lo- I loved with the big john little john 
scene was when they were exploring the house trying to find Michael. Yeah. They were doing like a Marco oh, Polo Marco Polo. Big, Big John. John. Little, Little John. John. Yeah. That was great. And then, I mean, Big John, man, that dude did not deserve that. Oh, that dude was oh, just trying to... Oh, that is that is so brutal. He was just trying to smoke a little skimpy one <laughs> on Halloween. And Listen he, to some music, yeah. which I want to know what that song was that now, because that was like, <laughs> was I was like what's this Halloween song? This is a funky but, Halloween song. I mean, that I... Gouge would make Greg Walker again happy. Man. He, was was already, he was already he was already pretty much on his way to death. He'd already fucked him. Like, he stabbed him in the like, already, pit, Yeah, he? he stabbed him, but he'd already like, I think he got him again and he it was already brutal. And then he decided to add on that. But it's not yeah. just that. This is a good this is for the like the with, uh, I, I don't know if it was CGI or if it was practical effects. I couldn't really tell. But when he got his hands into it, what the eyeball that? pops out I think around that was, it. Uh, like, practical. It, yeah, I think it was because it did look like you saw it kind of slide around and it was yeah. That was the bit where it was like, you normally get the eye gouge, but you don't have the eyeball kind of sliding out like that. And no. It's fucking Big John. Rick, big John. Big Rick. John. Um, um, and then... It's um, really cool. Now, now, thinking about, like, we get, yeah, we get so, so, some awesome deaths. Um, although, uh, I would say, as much as we've talked about certain ones, like I said, with legacy characters like Marion, and then this kind of also links to, um, we do get a, a quite cool Lindsay Doyle. Is it Lindsay Doyle? Or, no, Lindsay. it's Tommy Doyle. It's not Tommy Doyle. But Lindsay not, Wallace. Lindsay Wallace, that's the one. Uh, Lindsay Wallace, where she's like running in the... Into yeah, that the, was cool. You know, which is quite suspenseful, which occasionally, if people prefer the kind of the suspenseful Michael, not always as present as I, you know, sometimes yeah. in this film. It is very much Michael's more present and it's not much like... But then how many different ways can you do Michael popping out of a closet? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it does still have suspenseful things. The big John Little John scene has some suspense to that it. That was good. The scene at the end in the Myers house has some suspense. I to really it. love that scene. And the um and yeah, and that, that that forest scene does, although again, that was uh that was definitely one where I was like, So you ran back towards the forest instead of running towards like street houses or streets where there's yeah. lights and stuff. That one was a bit like I feel like you like you could have got away from it. Yeah, definitely. Like you know what I mean? That that was definitely a character choice one. But then I do like the fact that Lindsay is just, um, and again, it's very much that kind of throwback to the 1978 kind of being silent, trying to be out of the way like Laurie in the yeah. closet kind of thing. And you're wondering whether he's going to spot her kind of thing. So it gets some really nice shots. It looks really nice, that scene, though, where he's on the bridge and stuff and looking, you're like, is he going to spot her? Yeah. Um, those are really cool. But and, and Lindsay survives, so she may, she may appear in Halloween Ends. It seems like they're offing every character they can, so Halloween yeah. Ends may do that. Um, but to jump across to, to to back to Tommy Doyle. Now, we said about the whole mob justice at the end and that yeah. we get all of that, and they finally Tommy finally gets what he wanted. And we know the whole film that Tommy Doyle is going to die. We know that he's going to get, you know, I, it just seems destined for his character from the very beginning. He's the yeah. one that rises this mob justice. We know at some point he's got to come face to face. And weirdly, because it's done in this kind of montage of death yeah. over the speaking, it doesn't really have as much impact as I expected no, it to. That's, that was my thing is, so we have this great kind of scene at the Myers house where um, Alison, well, Lomi goes in first. Lonnie goes in first. Which, yeah, again, is kind of like, why are you doing that? Um, yeah, well, why are you... Go you you know the situation. Why are we doing yeah, this by going all, like Yeah, go and... And they also... for numbers. It's also, it is because early on in the film, they do talk about 
contacting each other and talking to each other and things like that. So it's like, why aren't you getting in touch with Tommy Doyle and saying, with we think we've got him. Yeah. We think we've got him. Everybody get here. Yeah. But he doesn't, he, he doesn't really do that. That's, that's down to Karen to do it, who wasn't even part of this whole plan. No. Um, um, you know. But then we have to, I mean, that scene when they're, when they're in the Myers house, I thought was great, you know, when, because the lights are out, we have them kind of going around and then, um, and then Cameron sees his father, you know, dead up yeah. in the attic. And then Michael bursts out and they, you know, they start scrapping. And I thought that was a great scene, you know, he stabs him up against the wall. Alison comes in with a shotgun and, um, you know, Michael just kind of straight away, away gone, which yeah. is awesome. Do, yeah. You know, she does then, nothing to him, does she? No, I think she stabs him a couple of times. Oh, she does have to know that is, is no, it's yeah. not that Alison doesn't do anything. There's, that's but one the thing that I really liked of her. She has the shotgun ready. But you're kind of there because she pulls the knife out, little John. You see, yeah. me, it's so weird saying little, little John. But she pulls the knife out, and you're like, "Why are you doing that?" And then it proves why she's doing that. She had a plan, so she puts it, he blasts it away, and she straight away goes straight to stab, stab, stab mode into yeah. him. Which is again, that was a good scene. That was like, yeah, you're definitely your grandmother's daughter. Yeah. yeah. Then he threw her down, um, and then when he kills Lonnie, man, that was fucking brutal. Uh, I know Cameron. Cameron, sorry. Yeah, Lonnie. We didn't oh. see his death. Sadly. I mean, Cameron is a bit is a he's established as a bit of a dickhead in the first, in you know t- twenty eighteen, but then when he kind of comes around, he just gets battered by Michael, yeah, and then he kind of put it goes like, on for smashes a while. him through the staircase, and then he's kind of like breaking his bones, yeah, bit by bit on the staircase, oh, basically like fucking... pulling him back up, like thing crack, crack, cracking crack, him down, crack, crack, then slams him down. Like at first, I couldn't tell if like because he was cracking, but I couldn't tell if he was repeatedly stabbing him into like a part that was broken. That's what on. I thought for that, but. It it, no. took, it seemed like it took too long. So I, like, if he was stabbing, I felt like, oh, when he did it, I thought, oh, that's the stab, so he's dead now. Yeah. And I was like, he's not dead. You're still fucking beating him. And then he's just there on the staircase. And then we get Michael as he's going down, as um, as Allison's trying to distract him, like, come and get me, man. She's like, no, no, you know, come and get me, come and get. And it does distract him, but it's just that kind of scene where you think. You're, Cameron's there, and, and this is where you kind of think back to Hawkins, kind of dead but not dead, and you kind of think. Oh, he's, he's still alive. So if, if, when Michael goes to get her, he might actually still be alive at this point. Yeah, totally fucked up. And then it's almost as if Michael's thinking what you're thinking, going, "Yeah, that's not." Happening. Yeah, that's not. Happening. <laughs> he grabs his head and just twists it, which is brutal here. Isn't it? Yeah, it's um, full on crack, and you know. Um, and we get Alison again. A li- maybe again. This is where I think a few people with Alison would be a little bit like her screaming no and no and no and no and no and maybe a bit a bit a bit too much at times. No, I quite yeah. like it. No, it's like I get I get it in the character moment. I just I could definitely see that bit. Like I notice scenes when like certain things are like I can see people being like, nah, I did like she was a bit OTT or she was a bit like I that. don't know. I like, her pop, like her boyfriend who had still been on the same night was still her boyfriend on that night. They'd broken up obviously, but she had still been on that day, literal yeah. day, she'd still be the boyfriend. So we understand why she'd obviously be distraught at seeing this happening. Yeah. It's brutal, especially if you're seeing it in person. Yeah. Um but it's more like the no, no, no. Like uh, yeah, that's just <laughs> Yeah. Um and then um and then we get the you know, she's uh you know Michael's close Do it, do her. it. With yeah. the knife when he's got her, and, and I thought he was going to kill her then. Yeah, well, it it seems it seems like this, and you know, and this um again, trailer put this was in the trailer. Oh, I didn't see it. So like I said, I didn't watch. So it. um yeah, this was this the Cameron getting stabbed against the wall was in the trailer. Okay, and so was her with the knife in front of her, which yeah. because it was in, this is one of the ones where because it was in the trailer, I was like, 
no, there's no way they put that in the trailer. Like yeah. the actual scene where she dies. So I was like, I was very much like, she's not going to die. <laughs> yeah. No way. Um, and this is when we get Karen. Yeah, Karen with the pitchfork in the back. Yeah, which, which is cool. awesome. I love that because I remember looking at that pitchfork every time Big like, John and that were going past it, going, like, somebody's going Mike was going to use that. Is he going to use that? Is that how that? Because I was expecting them to die like that. Yeah, well, I was like, expecting them to die with that. Die. I thought Big John, because Big John makes a comment about. You know, next, next time, time I'll get I the pitchfork. So I was literally expecting him at one point to come back in and Michael just pitchfork through. The yeah, that's what I was expecting. But Michael gets the pitchfork. He does. He gets in the back and Karen stamps on his head against the stairs. And you literally hear like a, not just a crack, but you hear Michael like really like breathing, like he's struggling. Like yeah. He's really, and we get this a few times in the film where Michael, when he's like properly beaten, he's like really struggling. But it almost sounds like he goes from struggling to it's like you can literally hear his body coming back again. Yeah. Like he goes from struggling to silent. And when he's silent, that's when he's fucking he's back. <laughs> shit. He's back. But then Karen lures him outside and with the mask, doesn't she? she yeah. Takes the mask off. And that was, and then obviously she lures him. She leads him into a trap with all the mob. Yeah, and his mask. I mean, when she first gets it, you think that this is the scene when she's going to die. He's going to catch yeah. her like straight away, don't you? Yeah. So that was one way to defy the expectation in a way because it was literally like I was ex- like I was like, it seems like she's going to drag him away so that Allison can try to survive and that yeah. she's going to die now. And we got another. So she got another because she got that awesome scene. Judy Gray got that awesome. Played it so well. Like yeah. that scene. Like I wouldn't say she bests it in the scene because the scene in 2018 when when she's crying for her mum is so well acted and so then when she goes fair. got you like that is like like um, there's just like one of my it, probably one of my favorite scenes in that like in probably in all the Halloween films it's like it's awesome. they do it so well out, you know it? you know that's probably one of my favorite scenes so it's you know that very, but we've come back to that with the you know where he's literally like got her in the middle and he thinks there's nowhere she can go and then Got you. Yeah. <laughs> That's when we get all the lights from the cars around and it's all the mob and you think, well, shit, we're actually... What's going on here? Like, there's a lot of them and you're thinking, okay, but this this is where that whole... It gets a little bit dampened by the fact we know there's another film. That's where I thought it was going to end because we get this really cool scene where Tommy's there, Sheriff... Well, ex-Sheriff Brackett's there. Um, Karen's obviously there. And a couple of the other people are there. You know, some of... Most of them have got kind of planks and baseball bats, but one's got a shooter. Um, and then you get this fucking badass scene where Michael's kind of looking at them all without his mask on. And oh, the, yeah. the bits where Michael doesn't have his mask on is done well because they don't really show his face. You know, no. they blur I, along his I was, face. I was or... glad about that. Because yeah, I, I don't really want to see his face. I don't want to see me. his face. You know what I mean? But then when he put... It's almost... Oh, it's just really fucking badass because you have all of these people. He kind of looks and he just the picks score the mask builds as well. Score builds, the score properly builds in a really nice way. And he just puts I'd the mask. I like know what track that is on the new yeah. trailer. And I thought that was when the film was going to end. When yeah, he when he the puts the back on and it goes. I thought that's when it was weirdly. End. I mean, I know a lot of people. The people would have been disappointed because that's like a that's like that's a, a to a, be continued. That's a proper like cliffhanger. A, that's a proper like cliffhanger kind of. How's he going to get out of this? Um, but at the same time, yeah. I can I can see how that would have been awesome, but then at the same time, the second that you think it through and go, okay, well, there's a whole other film, so we know that all those people are going to get dispatched in the first five minutes of the next yeah. film. So then it quickly becomes a a non cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, I got that. But, but no, you want, it, but you want to see him get his scenes also. That's what I mean. It's like scenes. We do see him get more beaten than he's ever been before, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him get this like badly like destroyed by people. End of end of the fourth film. 
He gets, he dude, gets like shot up. Dude, dude gets more bullets in him. Than, he, uh, get, he gets a lot of bullets. Then Sonny and the Godfather, is, man. That dude is yeah, literally he gets just gunned fucked, down. Yeah. But then, and, I don't know. It's, maybe it's because this is more hand-to-hand. More yeah. And it's more bloodiness, you know? Um, I, maybe that's why I'm thinking it is more like brutal because the other one's just shots kind yeah, of thing. He gets bodied in this. Although that was one thing I was thinking. I was like, fuck it out. Isn't this America? Why has only one guy got a gun? <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I was there like one guy's got a gun. And can I also say the guy with the gun is, is not good with that gun because why the fuck did he goes all the way up to Michael with a gun? Yeah. <laughs> and then when he, the gun gets beaten away and his hand gets like broken or so, it's like, are you surprised that you got beaten <laughs> when you went up with a gun right next to Michael Myers? Yeah. Like, dude, like shoot from a distance. Let the other guys with the bat, like, you yeah, know, swarm him. swarm him kind of thing. Um, but this was my main point. My main thing that I'm not quite sure if I like it is where, it kind of then, you know, that we, we see them beat him in regular kind of time, um, you know, as regular shots. And then we have the voiceover, you know, when Karen and um, Alison are back together. We have this voiceover of, you know, Mike, of uh, Laurie and um, Will Patton's character. And it's kind of said, you know, he gets stronger as the more he kills, that's why said, that kind of stuff. And then we get the shots it's almost like everything's black apart from Michael and he's killing these people, isn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I went just on that little thing and that, because that's only one thing that niggles on me. The more I kind of think about it is the stuff that comes out of Hawkins and her, her mouth. It kind of just seems like, like, where's this coming from? Like, where's this information in your mind? Come, like, why is this suddenly your fit? Cause it very much wasn't her theory in 2018. No, that she was a man that she could kill, and now it's completely like changed again. Like I get that he's still alive, and she tried to burn him. Yeah, like, but it's like some of this dialogue does feel a little bit like, okay, so why, like, how, why do you suddenly have these giant theories? Like these are big theories. Like you think he gets stronger, you think he lives, you now believe him to be definitely a hundred percent supernatural, basically. Um, but that for me was the thing because we kind of we see. Bra- bracket die very quickly. Just gets his throat, his throat slit. slit. We get like a blood splatter. This is all like blood splatter faces. It's yeah. like slow mo kind of blood, which like looks fully slow mo. It looks cool, but I would have liked, but especially Tommy Doyle's death because he's witnessing all of this, and then he goes to swing at him, and then he gets stabbed, and then he gets executed. It's really quick as well. Like he doesn't really get. He swings yeah. and doesn't even really get him. No, <laughs> and that's my my main issue is. We'd had such a build-up with Tom and Doyle. Yeah, that I was expecting maybe a bit more of a battle with them. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I mean, the I next like one we I... see this play out in regular time, potentially. Right, yeah, maybe. maybe they might revisit it. Maybe as the cult, as the open might be this. You know, Michael fighting his way out. But then we but go back to it's. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is like with Tommy is. I mean, I I guess I can maybe if I'm if I'm trying to think of a reason why it's like literally like Tommy swings his bat, basically gets stopped and then gets stabbed. Yeah, like, that's pretty much what happened. Like, and then obviously he gets beaten to death with the his own bat. Yeah. while he's alive, so Tommy Doyle definitely doesn't get a nice death, but we don't show it. No. So, um, which again links to the whole the legacy characters almost get a little bit of respect. Yeah. You see what I mean? They don't get the full on gore. That other characters, yeah, not get. quite. No, they get that respect, which I get it because also there's a lot of people who, if they don't like a legacy character dying, 
will be even more offended if a Calertic Harris is literally like we watch as he beats his head into the ground kind of thing. I mean, I would walk him dead stuff to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Honest. But there are some people that will be much more like possibly loyalist to that kind of thing. Probably. They'd want to be a bit more respectful maybe of the character who was a child and the only other time would really properly know him in this timeline is as that child in the maybe, original. Maybe, yeah. I mean, um, we, uh, I, I, we both thought that Judy Greer was going to die, didn't we? Yeah, and uh, like that, I told you about someone that I'd been spotting. It was I'd been I'd heard about a year and a half ago that oh. Judy Greer, like someone who'd read like read the script, like put a spoiler in the middle of something that I was reading. Absolute like, fool. Like, and it said that Judy, like Judy Greer's character, dies in this, in the in this in this film, um, and she does die in this film. Which I'm not to this. overly against. You know, I'm not overly against it. And again, it plays out in a she doesn't get a violent uh, like it's not, i'm not saying it's not a violent death but she doesn't get an overly brutalized death no she gets the classic kind of slasher stab stab yeah. stab 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 kind Model of like of a sister kind of thing, which yeah. i think is why she uh like she almost gets the same kind of hands up like her sister and she does reference michael's sister yeah. in the scene with the mask earlier so i think that's kind of a playback it's in that bedroom she gets yeah. that and she gets a very similar death to Michael's sister kind of thing yeah that kind of covering over which I think we knew that one of the Strodes had to die to push Laurie even further and um, I mean not that I mean there was a little bit of me in my head thinking actually you know what looking at the way Laurie is and the way she is towards Michael I don't actually think she needs any more she's gonna no. go as far as she can whether her daughter's dead or alive you know what I mean she's yeah. still gonna keep going she's not gonna stop it she's literally in this film says that she's willing to have her head and his head just be sliced off together if it means they're both dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't think that that's necessarily. But I knew it was like I knew it was coming, but I don't think we expected to come like this. Like I expected to play out like earlier on in the film where she dies in the middle of like a quick, whereas this one it is quick. Yeah, but it's like a sudden like nobody knows that Michael's there. Yeah, yeah. Which here's a, a one more thing for the old nitpick is. Okay, so we've beaten Michael to the ground and Michael's down for a little while because all of those people that die at first think that he is down. So Karen's gone away to leave them to it kind of thing. But by the time that that's playing out simultaneously, all of the ambulance and stuff are there and they're all checking up on them and stuff like that. So where the fuck are the people going over to be like, where's Michael Myers? Like... Come on, by this point, we've looked, we've, we've, yeah. we've done this several times now. Why are people not automatically going, yeah, that's fine, but let's go and make a patrol around Michael fucking Myers. You know what I mean? Well, it's just a little bit that he somehow is just like, yes, I know he's left with a huge group of people, but still it's like, like there's no real patrol around him again. So therefore he is free to walk back into the back, I'm guessing from the back of his house, like in the original, that- goes upstairs and that's why Karen's in the house and, She's not worried about anything because she saw him basically dead. Yeah. She put a knife in him himself. Um, That's what I'm guessing is that it went when this when Halloween ends, op- you know, opens up. It will yet again have an aspect of the failure of the police because they didn't have the patrols. Yeah. They didn't do that. Well, I think I think because this is the like obviously last time Halloween night. This time Halloween night. I'm certain that this is not going to be... It's, it's going to jump in time now. Do you reckon? I think it's jumping. Because the way she talks at the end of the film says whether it's this, whether whether it's it's this night, tomorrow thing, or a year or years from now. I wonder. So I think my, it's the end of Halloween night. And if we establish anything, it's that actually in these... Yes, 
he does only seem to appear on Halloween night. So you reckon he's so going to he go? Appeared, like, he appeared have in a little, the original Halloween have a little night. Snooze. He's got back. I think he's going to be gone. He's going to leave, and he'll be back, kind of thing. And I think it's going to jump. So otherwise, are we really going to revisit the same, like the middle of the night on the same night again? I don't think they're going to do that three times. I don't know. I think they're going to allow that to build. So I think there's going to be a time jump. I think we go in maybe a year, maybe several years forward, kind of thing. I think I, that's my prediction for where we're going with this. I, I think, think it's carrying on jump. the same night. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think a different Halloween would give a different perspective now because now all of that's happened. Like, I don't know where we go from that. She's dead. She's thing. I think you have to have some. I don't know. I feel like Laurie has to have something to kind of build on here. Is it's, and it's gonna, not going to happen? Like, she's not in the position to fucking go out and get him. No, she's not. <laughs> but then that maybe night. that's maybe that's not going to heal in the next few hours. <laughs> that's going to take months to but, heal. But then maybe Karen's death is what. It could be, her, you know? but I feel like Hawkins, as you said, is playing this, and I'm not entirely unconvinced that Hawkins isn't going to have a reaction to this because I'm not entirely unconvinced that he's not Karen's daddy. <laughs> yeah, you reckon he's Karen's daddy? I don't think he is. I don't. I'm not expecting any more. I no, no, I don't like think that there's any more than that. I, that. But that's what I mean. I think, like, I just felt in that scene, she says something, she doesn't finish what she's saying when he starts talking back to her. No, I don't think And, like, I'm not, like, but that's what I would expect. I wouldn't expect them to be... I wasn't expecting a big, like, you're her daddy, I'd, and I'd never expect that scene to play out. <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't know who his daddy is, and I think that he at least has a link with her from a young age. Well, so I think yeah. he's going to have a reaction to that as well. So that's why I think Will Patton's going to be a bigger part of her death as well, because, obviously, that's a big part of this film, building up Hawkins. Yeah history and the fact that he didn't kill him the first time so now he's going to be very set he'll be out you to know, get he'll him. be out to get him and most likely he will die properly next time yeah. but you know and so we'll probably laurie i'm pretty sure i feel like allison's the only one necessarily that i believe may make out of these i can see allison making out you know, I can see we allison. need one of them left in case we decide to rebuild bring him back. Back, <laughs> bring him back from the dead 20 years down out of the grave maybe you know zombie michael or whatever yeah um, I mean, overall, I think it was a really. I, I did really enjoy this film. I think. Oh, yeah. I think I am gonna have to watch it again. Uh, to and I think I want. I think it will definitely grow on me. It's not that I didn't like it because I think overall, I think I, I think it's a really strong film. Yeah. I just think it. It's. It's. It's the second part, you know, and it's hard to judge something just on the second part, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I would still say that in a general kind of. If we're looking at this in a general kind of way, yes, it's very much a middle part. Yes, there's a little bit of tonal thing. But what are you going to see a horror film for? I'm going to see Michael Myers kill people and hopefully some story progression. And the story progression here, there's more, we get to learn more about the characters. And um, and I think what one thing that's really important that we, we kind of didn't go too much into is that theme of trauma. Yeah, and that definitely. theme of... Like I said to you earlier, how often in a horror film have you ever got to see the aftermath of what happened straight after the horror film ended? Yeah, that's true. And that's what we get here. We get, not only did we get that in the first one, but we got it 40 years later of what that trauma was like. This time we're literally getting, what does that trauma look like when it's literally hours after that event has happened? Yeah, it's not something that you overly get In a small town, we get to see this mob justice like play out and how... Yeah, we'd like to believe that that's what should be done, but we learn very quickly in this film that no, actually, that's probably they're, they're trying. They're obviously trying to make a point here that that ang- that like hate just leads to hate, death, yeah. and 
evil just leads to more evil to the point in this one where they literally kill this the psychiatric they make him kill himself yeah because a whole mob believes it he might be michael myers so they chase him so much he decides to kill himself which is also a really great scene with judy greer because she really plays that nice yeah she's really emotional really strong part like she's yeah she's got a really nice part in this um for sadly an actress who normally does get sidelined so like the side character yeah it's a shame because she's really she's a really good actress yeah she is she's but for some reason she always gets the the bit part instead of the yeah she's always the best friend yeah she isn't (laughs) um but yeah that whole that is what i think is this film's strong apart from the kills the kills definitely it lives up to halloween kills but that line for it of trauma and kind of seeing it from that kind of angle is, I think, is what makes this a worthy sequel. Yeah. And I don't believe when we see the final part, I think, as we've said, it will play perfectly in the middle of everything else. Yeah, I think it definitely will. You know, there are obviously, you know, we've talked about lots of little, I've especially said lots of little nitpicky things, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And it's really, I mean, I'm kind of, I am disappointed that this film has been released on streaming at the same day. Because that's really annoying. Not just for box office, not about that, but because this was such a fun film to see in the cinema. Yeah. To see on the big screen, to see it play out. And I already know that if I go and watch it, I might feel I might feel slightly different if I hadn't just seen it on the big screen. I feel like this film would not play between the soundtrack, between the way it kind of goes, between the shots. On the big screen, this film works. And I think yeah, on the definitely. small screen, it will still be enjoyable. But I also think I would have focused way more on... I could have possibly like been way more overly bothered by the problems if I'm watching at home compared to if I'm in the cinema. I don't care. I'm enjoying this experience. Kind yeah. of thing. Whereas at home, you're much more like nitpick things. And I also think as well, this is the kind of film where things happen so quick and fast that, you know, I think for me at home viewing of a film for the first time, I would always choose a big screen viewing because I'm distracted at home. Yeah, so am I. But I, know, I guess I'm looking at my. I would have been looking at my phone. I would have been looking at things yeah. like that. I would like uh, at least once during the film. I wouldn't have paid attention to certain yeah. things. But then I guess people, you know, we are. I know we're not in the middle of the pandemic, but people are still cautious about going back. And oh yeah, no, and I, some people, I get that. you know, but you it, know, Candyman was purely theoretical, yeah, and I think it's just going to affect this film a little bit that it's not purely theoretical. Cinemas can be hit and miss experiences, though. You know, I mean, we were lucky that tonight it was a good crowd, but you can get people who talk, people who go on their phones, all that kind of shit. So oh, you having, can get that having the luxury of doing that at home and. You, I mean, you know me and my kidney. I'm notoriously bad, so <laughs> I'm all. You know, I went. I went for two wees during this. I think I did three during Bond, and luckily I didn't miss anything during this one. But during Bond, I definitely did. Um, and sometimes having the option to pause it would be nice. Um, <laughs> can you think of anything else to say? Because I know. Um... I mean, we will get back into this film eventually. Probably in the lead up to Halloween ends, we'll probably give this film a couple of views and then maybe potentially revisit it. Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably revisit the whole or this timeline or something yeah. like that kind of thing. Um, but no, I just, I 100% would still recommend this film. I do think that critics have been overly harsh on this yeah, film. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not miles below the last one. I know, in, and it depends on what kind of film you want. Yes, the first one is a stronger kind of character arc and it's much more Laurie Strode. And we, and she and is it, only in like parts of this film. She's a side yeah. character. She's not the main character, you know. And it's very, very, um, it's very, very kill heavy. 
But if that's what you want, if you want to see a film where Michael basically spends the whole film going around killing people, and you also get a little bit of nostalgia of the past, then this film's going to be right up your street. Yeah, and I think to compare it to 2018 is kind of is slightly unfair because 2018 was its own contained story. You know, if they'd had enough planned on making two and three, they could have left it as that. Oh yeah, they, it could have been the end. It could have ended. Then. Whereas they knew that there was going to be one after this, so. That's why it doesn't have it doesn't quite feel so concise, and that's why the ending is slightly a bit more ambiguous, and so is the opening, you know. Yeah. But overall, it's you know I think it is a very strong film. It's definitely a lot more on the positive side of the um, you know Halloween sequels for me. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's still I'd still say it's, it's quite far ahead of a lot of the sequels. Yeah, I would probably. You know, it's a far better made film than. Well, actually, it's far better made film than most of the films. Definitely, man. You know, like David Gordon Green's a far better director than yeah. we probably ever deserved to be a director, like for a Halloween yeah. film. I'm, you know, no one believed that we'd get a director like who was quite as good as that. But, you know, visually and, you know, visually fantastic. And he's made all the right choices in terms of, well, him and Jason Bloom anyway. But yeah. John Carpenter's score and all that kind of things coming back. You know, that's what kind of makes this so good. Yeah. You know, is that kind of building. And the um, this is the other thing is he's not trying to just remake the same film. No, that's good. Is the good thing, you know? He's making several different films, and in this one, I feel like he just wanted to make like one of those middle sequels where it was basically just Michael going off killing people. Yeah, this is almost his homage to that kind of this is full on slaughter, Michael. This is yeah, it. you know, this is him let loose and. Why shouldn't the middle chapter be Michael let loose? Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? The first one, like, we did have lots of death, but it was played out in a certain way with more Laurie's story at the same time. This one's almost more, we follow Michael probably more than anyone else in this film. This is almost more Michael films, and the next one I assume will be very much Laurie and Michael. (laughs) Yeah. Love story ends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's our review, uh, or our initial impressions, should we say. Um, come and let us know what you thought of um, Halloween Kills. Um, we are over on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a lovely little review if you've enjoyed the episode. And uh, keep your eyes peeled for future episodes. And we will see you soon.